No one has ever said raising kids is easy. With an overwhelming amount of information about healthy diets, discipline strategies, and the need for more tummy time, it can be really hard to make sense of it all. Welcome to Tot Talk. I'm Mary, a pediatric occupational therapist. And I'm Allison, a pediatric physical therapist. Together, we created Tots on Target to join parents, teachers, and pediatric professionals into one community with the mission to empower each other with a greater understanding of how our children's brains and bodies develop, join us as we discuss the most relevant topics to help keep all our tots on target. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. We are sitting down with Jennifer Anderson of Kids Eat in Color. She is an amazing nutritionist and has so many great tips and ideas and creative ways to think about food and the way we serve it to our families and our children that we know you are going to get so much out of this podcast. So the title of this podcast is Mommy, Can I Have a Snack? And that is something that if you are a parent, you hear about all the time and maybe you yourself are a snack eater and want some tips on how to create a healthy, balanced, and good relationship with food. So thank you again for tuning in. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you can, leave a review or a rating so that more people can find our podcast. Hey, Jennifer, welcome. We are so excited that you are here chatting with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mary and Allison. Okay, so firstly, we really want our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So would you tell us how you first became interested in sharing eating and nutrition tips and also how you got started with Kids Eat in Color? Sure. So it really all started when I was standing in the pediatrician's office with my nine-month-old son and my pediatrician was saying, you know, he's not growing like we expect. Um, He's not gaining weight as we expect. And at that point, I thought, oh, wow, (laughs) this is going to be a lot more complicated than I thought. I was already a registered dietitian at that time, but I hadn't really specialized in child feeding. And from that point on, we really had to change our lifestyle to accommodate my son's needs for more calories and less eating. So, you know, we struggled for many years doing this, doing that, really establishing the home eating environment in our home. And around the time he went to preschool, I was making these cute little lunches to attract his attention while he was at preschool. And I thought, you know, I don't think I'm the only parent having this problem. (laughs) There must be other parents who are struggling. And, you know, fast forward a couple months, I I had this feeling that I should start a blog or put something out there, something. I didn't know what it was. And uh, a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you start an Instagram page? So I said, yeah, sure. I'm already making these cute lunches. I'll just take pictures of them and see what happens. And so that's where Kids Eating Color came from. January 2017, I was, you know, making these cute little lunches for my kid and started putting them out there with child feeding tips. And really, it has definitely grown from there. I mean, you have an amazing Mm -hmm. following. You put out some amazing content. I love to see your posts. They're so colorful. They're so informative. Um, I think you do a really nice job of, you know, making, you know, giving the advice about healthy eating, but also making moms feel comfortable. Like it's not always going to be perfect. And I really love how you do that because like you said, life happens and we're always trying our best. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like you do such a nice job at realizing that balance. Well, thank you so much. It's certainly my honor to be able to 
pass a little bit of what I've learned on to other, you know, moms. That I, I say moms just because, you know, most of my audience is moms, but there's dads and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, uh, and people who don't have kids too. So Jennifer, let me ask you, as you said, a lot of times as parents, we are focused on our kids' nutrition from the very, very beginning. Like the first day of life, we're already concerned about how our children are consuming their nutrition. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as they get older, their variety of choices changes. What they like and prefer, obviously, expands. And we as parents are always concerned about making sure that they get their proper nutrition. So what do you think about how we should be viewing all those fun foods that our kids really prefer Mm -hmm. that, you know, we as parents might try to avoid or think about, you know, how we should balance that. But what is your view on snacky food items and candy and junk? Yeah. So I like to take a really practical approach because we are raising our kids. And if you live in the is at least we're we're raising our kids in a an environment that is really the food supply is heavily <laughs> dosed with sugar. Um, to put it yeah. simply, it's also you know has high levels of sodium and things like that. But the sugar is one that really kind of it becomes a very um, there's a lot of concern around sugar for good reason, but mm-hmm. also to the point of becoming disordered eating. So we have to somehow raise our kids where they can exist in this world and somehow find a healthful eating pattern for themselves. And there's some people who go way out of their way to say, well, sugar is poison. It's poison. It's killing our kids. It's, I mean, you name it, you'll hear the most extreme things you've ever heard about sugar. And, and I think, okay, well, that's pretty extreme because, um, you know, (laughs) our, it's interesting that our life expectancies have actually grown over the last uh, several hundred years, and we're actually eating more sugar than ever. So um, there's just some some practical things where you're like, well, I don't think that's true. You know, there's plenty of people who live to 100 and, and enjoyed their fair share of birthday cake. But But there's also this reality that when we go to the grocery store, if we're not at least paying a little bit of attention, there can be sugar in everything. And so kids, they wake up, they drink juice, they eat a a bowl of sugary cereal, they have sugary things in their lunch, they have a sugary item in their snack, and then they have dessert after dinner. And pretty soon, they are eating a very large percent of their calories due to sugar. And sugar itself does not have nutrients other than energy. And right. so that becomes that becomes a problem. It becomes a health problem. And so we as parents need to find a way that fits our lifestyle, that fits our family, and that also does the best we can for our kids. And so I, I always like to encourage parents not to get on the poison train. Like if you're telling your child drinking bleach is poison, eating this cookie is poison, your kid is going to grow up to have some questions, I think. Right, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, because there's a difference between bleach and a cookie. Right. <laughs> At the same time, do we want to show them a food pattern where in our house, they're allowed to eat as many cookies as they want, as many times a day, for as many days in a row? That's equally unhelpful, in my opinion. And so as parents, I think a good rule of thumb, if you're really trying hard, would be to be 
like somewhere between zero and two play foods a day for your child. I consider a play food to be um, like a, a cookie, crackers, pretzels, chips, um, some of these more highly processed foods. They're still foods, but they're foods that we don't want to base our diet on. We don't want our diet to be primarily created by these foods. And I just also want to just add one thing, and that is parents of extremely picky eaters also often get very upset when we have this conversation because their child may only eat five or 10 foods. And maybe those foods are all play foods. And I'm really not speaking to families with extremely picky eaters right now. They have a they have different goals. They have different things that they're working on. And I'm really speaking to the parent who has a more typical picky eater, which would just be a child who has preferences, things like that. That makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. I noticed uh, something on one of your posts, Jennifer, on your Instagram feed. You strategically served potato chips, but you actually you had this beautiful like bento box with all these different nutritious foods, lots of different colors, but you strategically put the chips inside the bento box as opposed to having the chips in the bag on the side. And I thought that was sort of interesting. And I was wondering if you could just explain a little bit why you did that and what your what your thinking is on that. Sure. So I happen to be a diehard potato chip lover. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to eat potato chips my whole life now and then. So Potato chips are going to be in my house from time to time or often, depending on the the era of life. But what I don't want my kids to learn is that we just eat a whole bag of potato chips out of the bag, right? Mm -hmm. Then it becomes this crinkly, exciting thing. I'm drawing attention to it. It comes in its own bag. Um, There's just all sorts of excitement around such a novel food. At the same time, I can, in the kitchen, have the bag of potato chips. I can open it. I can create a balanced lunch and put a small amount of potato chips in the lunch and serve it. And what I'm saying by serving it that way is we eat food for lunch. We're, I'm not drawing attention to this. This is just our lunch. And by not drawing attention to the potato chips, you can take away some of their power. All right. No, and I I do really like that because I think I've seen on a lot of your posts or stories the idea of not making snacks the ultimate desirable choice, right? You have to eat your broccoli to get the chips. It's kind of part of that meal. And so on that note, actually, often we reward our children with snacks. That's Mm -hmm. if you, right, if you eat your vegetables, you get dessert or if you finish your homework, you will get a bowl of ice cream or something like that. Do you have any guidance for parents on how to use food? Because it's such a touchy subject these days in trying to educate our children to have a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if you think about it, what do we use? We use highly desirable items for rewards and we can train ourselves and children, people to know what's highly desirable and what's not highly desirable. So anytime we sit down the table and we say, well, if you eat your broccoli, I'm going to give you a piece of candy. What we teach them and what we train them and how we train their body is to understand that as soon that broccoli is less desirable and candy is more desirable. So although it could be successful and your child may eat more broccoli, they will continue to think more highly of the candy and less highly of the broccoli long-term, and it may cause them to desire 
uh, broccoli less often. So, you know, if you think about adults, I one time said that I eat a lot of vegetables for health. I said this in my stories on Instagram and, and a mom asked me something about weight loss. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm not doing this for weight loss. I'm doing this for my health. And she said, Oh, I don't know how to, how to separate eating vegetables from weight loss because yeah. diet culture tells us that we have to eat vegetables. We have to fill up our plate with vegetables because they have so many less calories and therefore we'll lose weight. So they're almost used as a punishment. They're almost used as a tool of weight loss. And so you have a lot of adults are thinking, well, yeah, who would eat their vegetables unless they had to? Mm-hmm. And that's where so many of our parents grew up, you know, with the clean your plate, eat your vegetables, or you go to bed hungry, like all these sorts of things where vegetables were almost used as a punishment and they they weren't really ever presented as just a normal food. Like this is just part of what we eat to take care of our bodies, you know? And so you'll see this in grandparents, I think a lot. And I think a lot of this stems back to this idea that, you know, they don't want to be eating vegetables either. Is they... <laughs> Candy was so blown up in their mind that they just want to bestow that on their grandchildren in large, large doses by 15 times a day, you know? And I think part of this stems from the fact that candy is so big in their own mind from how they grew up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you touched upon something that I I have a follow-up question, slightly tangential, but you said something about we grew up in a generation where like our children's grandparents had like cleaned your plate. And I noticed that my husband tries to do that with my kids. What you're, what's on your plate, you should finish. And I'm not really like that. But how, so I'll have a situation where my kids, you know, they're so full from dinner and they can't finish their plate. And then 20 minutes later, they're like, oh, wait, I'm hungry. Can I have some dessert? Like it's it's a yeah. while later, they're like, they're ready for dessert. So how do you handle managing portion sizes and Again, that healthy balance of not forcing our children to eat, but also making sure that they're not just saving their stomach for those more desirable things in their minds. Yeah. So a couple of things. One, it sounds like your kids are really in tune with their body enough to save room for dessert, which means that they're, they're less likely to overeat. So that's great that they're able to do that. The second thing is if you're really in this rut of like the kids are not eating dinner just to get dessert, I suggest serving dessert right alongside that meal. So take a child-sized portion, an amount that actually wouldn't fill them up. So you're not going to give them a cup of ice cream with a meal, but you might give them, you know, depending on the size of the kid, you may give them two or three tablespoons fluffed up in a little, you know, a little tiny little dish or something like that. Serve that right alongside the meal. They can decide when to eat it. You don't make a big deal out of it. It's just there. And I have found that this strategy has helped so many people over that battle of how do I get my kid to finish their dinner and how do I get my kid to do this and that and the other thing. Let that go. And if they know dessert is coming, serve it right alongside the meal in a small portion. Now, I don't I don't give seconds of dessert when I serve it with dinner. I just provide that child taste portion. And if they want more, that's fine. And it may take a training period where they have to throw a few tantrums for a few days before they learn that, that you know, um, they're not going to get any more with dinner, but that's just part of life. And and then they learn. Okay. And and parents often ask, well, what if they don't eat anything except the, the ice cream? Well, 
if you're giving them a small portion and you haven't made a big deal out of it, it's possible that they might only eat that. And I've certainly seen my kids do that maybe like once or twice in four or five years. But the other 99.999% of times, they're still hungry and they're still able to eat their dinner. That, that's actually really good advice because I think that it's, it's hard to make our children eat. But when you provide them and they have the choice of what to put in their body, I think that that's helping them, setting, setting them up for making those healthy choices for themselves. Right. Right. And and the reality is we don't want people and children eating more than their body needs. We, you know, that's just not something that we want for them. But if we're teaching them to finish their plate just to get dessert, we're just teaching them to override their internal cues that tell them when they're hungry and full. Yeah. That's, that's interesting, Jennifer. And then I'm also wondering, you know, aside from mealtime, do you let or do you recommend or do you allow or I don't know what the right word I should use, but do you allow kids to snack throughout the day or do you try to have them eat during mealtimes? Yeah. So that's a good question. It really depends on the kid. So if you have a kid who doesn't sleep a lot and is awake a lot of times during the day, maybe they don't have a big stomach and they eat small amounts, that might be a kid who needs three meals and three snacks. Um and especially if they're a toddler. But you might have a kid who just has a really big appetite, who eats really well during meals and takes sleeps a lot and all that sort of thing. And they may not need snacks. Now, I don't see a whole lot of cases where a child never has a snack. What mm-hmm. I usually see is three meals and one snack or three meals and two snacks or three meals and three snacks. Um, I never re- recommend having more than three meals and three snacks. And I highly recommend avoiding grazing. And what grazing is, is basically allowing a child to eat whenever they want. I don't recommend that because it's just not an evidence-based practice. It promotes tooth decay. It promotes poor nutrition. It promotes all sorts of things that we don't want. So you as a parent, it's your job to decide when food is served and what you're going to serve for that snack. And then it's your job to enforce that. Is it okay to say at, at the end of the night, my mom used to say this all the time, like the kitchen is closed, like whatever. Absolutely. That's great. Okay. If, if like they didn't eat enough dinner, like sometimes I, I get nervous myself if, you know, they weren't hungry enough when I served dinner, but then two hours later, they start asking me for more food or a snack or a something. I sometimes feel guilty not giving them, but I also don't want them eating throughout the day or night. Is that yeah. allowed? You should definitely be in charge of when the kitchen is open and closed or have times when they know they're allowed to eat. So in my house, we we have uh, three meals and three snacks. And that's what's best for my child based on their um, based on his needs. So, you know, it's not like they can eat whenever they want. It's just, you know, and, and it's also their job. They're allowed to say, hey, I'm not going to eat this snack, which is fine. But then they have to wait till the next meal, if that makes sense. Right. For sure. Do you set guidelines for your children when they go out of the house to like friends' houses or when they're one day when they go back to school, when <laughs> when this corona pandemic is over? Um, how do you handle that? Because I know that there's also a lot of peer pressure around snacks. For sure. Kids and- so... Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at daycare, preschool, they always feed kids on a schedule. Otherwise, it would be complete pandemonium, right? So, the kids eat snack at one time. They eat they eat lunch at one time. I, I know my kids' preschool, they were able to, um, they had snack available 
for like 30 minutes at, or 40 minutes or something like that. And the kids could choose whether or not they were hungry for it and choose whether or not to sit down and eat. But, um, and that's fine too. I mean, you could have that policy in your own house where it's like morning snack is available from nine to 10. And if you choose to eat during that t- time, that's fine. Um, that doesn't work for our house. So I don't usually talk about it, but, but yeah, at school, I mean, I let my kids kind of, you know, experience life on their own. Maybe their friend has different snacks. Maybe their friend has a different schedule. Maybe their friend, um, you know, doesn't have snacks at all. They need to learn how to handle all those different situations because it's just preparing them for life. Definitely. Yeah. It's also, yeah, giving them almost the the ability to make those choices in real time when, mm-hmm. when you're not around. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Jennifer, I saw on your website, you have, um, you had a tab for the real easy weekday meal plan. And I w- was wondering if you could just go into a little bit more detail about what that is. Sure. It's a meal plan for busy families who are looking to do a good job at exposing their kids to a variety of fruits and vegetables and foods, but they're also looking for a little bit of convenience and some meals that are just going to be easy that they can over time become really good at making. What I love about that meal plan is it does have um, a whole bunch of ideas for various snacks in it that are based on a balanced snack model where they're getting a fruit or a vegetable, a protein, and a good fat source, carbohydrate, that sort of thing. So if you are struggling with snacks and you're thinking, well, is snack just like this time for snack stuff? Like, is it just a goldfish? The problem with a goldfish snack is it's not balanced. It's just carbohydrates. And so kids get cranky, they get fussy, they um, they just want to eat the whole bag of goldfish crackers because it's not very satisfying. Whereas if we pair that with something like um, an avocado sprinkled with nuts or, um, I don't know, a, even a cheese stick and some apple or something like that, suddenly that, quote, snacky snack becomes a more substantial snack and it gets them to the next meal without all that fussiness in between. That makes sense. So basically, it's like a collection of um, recipe ideas and that parents can sort of follow to sort of navigate, you know, being able to have like a more robust snack that you said encompasses more of the, you know, carbohydrate versus just maybe more of like a healthy fat, things like that. Yeah. And the meal plan is actually like, I don't know what to make for breakfast, lunch, dinner and two snacks. And I need someone to help me out so that I can have a break in my brain. (laughs) And so you could just kind of like jump right in. Um, Families say that it it's completely saved my life because now I don't have to think about what's on the menu and they, they learn how to meal plan in a much easier fashion than before. Other families just use it for recipes here and there. So there's lots of different ways to use it. Yeah, that I mean, that's uh, honestly, if you can take something off the plate of a parent, you know, and make it one less thing to think about, I think that's wonderful. Um, So people should definitely check that out. Something else that you offer, Jennifer, is you have um, a Better Bites program. And I I know that you said it's more a little bit more guided, a little bit more specific. Would you um, talk about that a little bit? Sure. So the Better Bites program is an online program for the families of picky eaters who are really struggling. Maybe your child is eating five foods or 10 foods, or maybe they're eating 20 foods, but you're thinking, I just feel like something is wrong here. I need more tools. I... I am so frustrated with mealtime battles. So this is a self-paced program from four weeks to 12 weeks. It walks you through understanding your picky eater, 
understanding how to set up a mealtime structure and a, and a, um, you know, how to decide what do you serve for meals when you have a picky eater in your family? How do you serve just one meal? for the whole family rather than short order cooking and cooking multiple meals. And then finally, we get into advanced methods for really helping your picky eater try a new food. Got it. So it's definitely for parents that just are struggling a little bit more and then need more of that, that mm-hmm. guidance. It sounds Absolutely. like such a such an incredible resource because there are so many parents who worry all the time about their children getting the proper nutrients and then their kids ending, end up eating more snacks because their parents want them to be getting some calories in them, but we really want them to be getting the nutritious food. Right. And it's hard because with picky eaters, you know, the most important above everything is calories, right? But then parents are like, okay, I'm getting the calories in, but is there any way that I could actually get more nutrients in as well? And so I walk you through, okay, like if your kid is only eating goldfish crackers, how do we start to expand that so that they're not just eating goldfish crackers? Uh, can I ask just one actual question on the side of that, of pick eating, though it's, again, mm-hmm. tangential to our conversation. If your child is not eating so many nutrients, uh, how about like chewable vitamins? Does that add for supplements or is it really, really important for them to get their nutrients through food? Well, so supplements are great if they're not getting what they need from the diet. Not all children need supplements and picky eaters often do because they um, they're struggling to get you know, the nutrients that they need, maybe because of sensory difficulties or because uh, they're afraid of new foods or, you know, many different reasons. So um, a supplement is a vitamin supplement is not necessarily a bad idea. And that's a great thing to talk about with your child's pediatrician just to kind of get the go ahead, because there are some conditions in a child where, you know, they maybe should not be taking a multiple vitamin mineral supplement or something like that. So it's always a good thing to check with your doctor. Got it. Okay. That, that's just helpful information. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jennifer. This was such a helpful conversation for honestly, for myself as a parent. And I know for all of our followers and our listeners, they are really going to benefit because food at, with our children is just something that we constantly think about throughout the day, every day. And I know this is going to help so many parents. So we really appreciate your time and your help. And we encourage everybody to go check out Kids Eating Color on Instagram and the website. So much great information there. I've learned so much myself and it's just a great resource. Well, thank you so much for having me, Allison and Mary. It's just wonderful to be here and so great to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please note that this is general information, and since we do not know your child, it is best to contact your pediatrician or a local pediatric professional if you have specific concerns. We invite you to continue the conversation on this topic in our online community at totsontarget.com. Additionally, you can find any toys, books, or products we mentioned in our Amazon storefront located in our show notes or on our website. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for daily tips on how to keep your tot on target.